0: to another episode of Connor and Kirk's corner. I'm Connor. And I'm Kirk. And this is our corner.
1: Yeah. That fires me up. It seems like it'd be something that would be easy to like like reflect on on kind of like a year by year or like phase by phase basis, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I can I feel like I can break up college into not even like years, but like some phases were longer than a year and a lot of phases were shorter than a year. Yeah. So kind of piece it together like that.
0: So that touches on something that I totally agree with. And, and I kind of said, everyone that spent time with you for any portion of college has the tendency to think that that was what your whole experience was like. But I think everyone feels like they had many lives in college and many phases and tons of different groups of people. And if you're lucky you're dialed in with your people and your lifestyle by the end so that it's like the one that sticks. But yeah. But there's totally in college this like you're like everything changes so so rapidly sometimes. There were just so many different phases and there was, you know, the different spots that we would drink at, and there was, you know, the guys that at first were fucking trying to fight all of us ended up being like friends with us and
1: super nice guys yeah exactly
0: there's i think there's something there's something there too i think if we like if we refined it to like a couple focus points like you said we could either do it chronologically or we could do it by like theme and i think Mm -hmm. it would be fucking awesome because what what i start to find is while i'm thinking about it is not what what i what i think people might find interesting is not the actual stories because everyone has stories but If you can do the work and put yourself there long enough and really think about, like, little details that you might forget once you leave it, you know, that's what people appreciate is, like, writing shit down and, like, having, like, really concise, well-constructed thoughts.
1: Yeah. Dude, yeah. Like, especially, like, when I go back, I had that small log for part of our trip to Australia and Vietnam. Like, if I didn't write that shit down, dude, like, memories go away so quickly. So quickly. And it's so, it's such a shame, especially with something that was like as enjoyable as our four years of college were. I know. Like, if you don't spend the effort and like reflect on it or try and, try and like think about the different times of it, like, you'll just forget everything. And then it'll be like the whole thing will just kind of be this wave of like, yeah, like it was fun. Yeah. But there's like so many more like, interesting and memorable details of, yeah. like, the months and the quarters and the years yeah, and that if are you, really worth remembering.
0: I couldn't, and if you, and if you set time aside to collect those thoughts and to, like, have, yeah, to have something to show for it, it goes such a long way, you know? Otherwise, college was just that fun thing that you miss and not, you know, not something you learned from or not something you got something from, you know?
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that, too. It's like you can't even really learn – you can't, like, truly learn from things, I don't think, if you don't, like, reflect on it at least a little bit. <laughs> Maybe that's not true, but I no, think reflecting no, yeah, it think definitely helps. I think you're right. I mean, life stuff for sure. Yeah. How can
0: you – yeah, that, wow, that was pretty profound. I actually what a heavy start you. to the podcast.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I agree with you. And that's been one of the benefits of, of doing stand-up and writing material is that I what I I'll just write anything I think down that is interesting and sometimes that's just it's literally journaling and sometimes that's writing jokes but mm-hmm. either way it's all there and then it all inspires future stuff and I was it was in this is going to be really out there but bear with me there's this guy named Duncan Trussell he's a comedian but he's also like you know, a psychedelic guy. He's a friend of Joe Rogan. He is like just a really unique mind. And okay, he has a theory about, you know, he, he believes that there's obviously a bunch of different dimensions and realities and universes. Right. And we're just in this one with matter and matter is very dense. It's very heavy. Whereas thoughts, thoughts are lights. Thoughts are like they come and they go and you, they don't take up space, but they exist. And we know they, everyone knows they exist, but we can't see them or hold them or do anything with them. And what mm-hmm. we are built to do as humans is to, is to catch those thoughts and crystallize them and make them and, and share them with other people. And that's what I'm trying to do with this project. Connor and Kirk's corner listeners. If you're confused at this point in the episode, totally normal. We started you off towards the end of uh, actually a pretty long conversation about a potential project we wanted to work on together to supplement the college rep-up episode because we didn't think it was good enough to, to really capture our, our true experience. So if we talk about a project at some point later in the episode or, or we talk about college for, for too long, weirdly, or we feel like we're referencing something earlier that's because we are, and unfortunately it's a secret, and that's all we can tease for now but uh
1: enjoy the rest of the episode
0: how is uh how's deloitte
1: deloitte's been chill it's been uh this is the first... Because we deleted last episode right we're we're on board with that
0: uh yeah, I mean, I still have the audio, so I could either check way it out. either way
1: um yeah, I've been working for like a month. It's pretty manageable at the moment. It's like a lot of uh a lot of just kind of like introductory work, like getting me used to like how the team works and the different areas of the team, and the different roles available. So it's not been the you know, super gnarly hours that people warned me about yet. Right. Which I'm kind of excited about cuz so many people were like Dude, like, oh, good luck with that. Like, that's gonna suck, dude. <laughs> they're yeah. like, they're like, you're gonna fly around the country and you work terrible hours, and it's, oh, it's like, good luck. And I was like, I was like, oh, that's weird. When did you work for Deloitte? And they're like, oh, I didn't, but uh, like my cousin's uh, roommate did. And I was like, oh, sick. I don't care. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it and it hasn't been that way, and it, and and you're probably right. It's probably gonna be no different than everyone else's
1: I mean, I, th- I think at some point it definitely ramps up a bit, but I got so over people that like had never done it telling me like how it was gonna be. Yeah,
0: some you people know? are weird about that, especially the job hunt thing. Yeah, we actually got some thoughts on job hunts?
1: So yeah, big <laughs> update from Connor since our last. Release.
0: Uh yeah, I mean if we're gonna scrap the, the last episode, then we have a lot to talk about still.
1: <laughs> a couple big life updates from Connor. Yeah,
0: a couple big life updates. So start started temping. <laughs> I don't know when the last episode left off, but I started, I started my temp job, um, around a month after graduating and now we're, now we're almost three months out
1: or almost exactly three months out. Connor, What's the date? Yeah. Um, my internet just cut out from the time that I said you're headlining until now. That's fine. Oh wait, you
0: said I was headlining?
1: I made a joke saying like big life updates, like the kids fucking headlining already.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you you want to lead? You want to cue me in again?
1: <laughs> a couple of big life updates from Connor. <laughs> kids headlining.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Oh, dude, you're too you're too kind. Yeah. So, I started doing stand up comedy. It's official. And and we we had to scratch a recording that we did earlier, which was like literally days after my first time doing standup and maybe there's something I can salvage from there and insert it into this episode but yeah I've been doing standup for the past two months three to four times a week and I feel like I've gotten a lot better and I've learned so much and I've had a good time I've met a lot of really cool people and I don't really know where the end goal is or or maybe I'm just too afraid to admit that I would love to do it for a living at some point but the, the process has been really fun. I also got a new job as a recruiter or as a recruitment consultant. So I'll be working for Robert Half, placing people in jobs in accounting and finance in the East Bay. I'll be on the Oakland team. So that's really exciting. So, you know, and I'm, I just I have my last day at the temp job tomorrow.
1: How exciting. So exciting. So exciting. Dude, the, the comedy stuff is incredible. It really is. Dude, thank it, you. It's – the odds were stacked against you so severely. Yes. Since it was four years after both of us started talking about it and neither of us had made a single yes effort to even put ourselves out there. Yes. Like, you know, it's like one of those things like every month that goes on and you don't do it. Like the probability of you actually doing it just gets goes lower down. and lower. Yeah, but all you you see that shock of just I, college over new environment wake yes. the fuck up. Let's yes. go.
0: Yes, yes, It was it was exactly like that. It was like if I get a chance to do one, I've got to go fucking try it because if I'm going to do one at some point, there is no point in waiting. So yeah, that's so that I that kind of like kicked me out the door and I I you know I spoke it into the universe the morning I found out there was there was one in Oakland and my little sister was like who was also our social media manager, was like, you gotta fucking go. You have to just try. You might as well just try. I'll be there. Yeah. I'll laugh. If it doesn't go well, fuck it. Who cares? You know? And uh, so then we we went. It went it went really well the first time, and then every time after that for the next, like, three or four times was, like, dog shit bad. So bad that it was quiet. So bad that I realized that every joke I had written was the hackiest material ever, and, like, and I had no sense of, of actually telling jokes. I was reading a fucking script off my dome, you know? Yeah. And, like, now I'm getting to the point where I'm actually adding inflection and pauses and, you know, there's, like, cleverness to, to, to what I'm doing. And that feels really good because I feel like I'm really building skills. And I'm trying, you know, more provocative material, too, and I'm starting to have fun walking that line. Now, I haven't been booked on anything. <laughs> I don't see myself getting booked on anything anytime soon. I'm a newbie. I've been doing it for two months. Everyone else around me has been for the most part has been doing it for at least two years. But I like the way I stack up against them not to make it competitive. But But it is competitive. Know, it is it is competitive and it's kinda like the same thing with the 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 Deloitte where like they're happy for your success, but they also wanna they wanna knock you down a little bit, you know? I don't want you to be too excited about that that delight gig. Like, yeah, that's great, but oh, you're yeah. also not gonna love it. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it's like and you're it's doing the- comedy. That's great. You know, like no one makes it, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know the <laughs> odds of like, you like having a career in that? It's like one in a thousand, right? You're like, dude, whatever. <laughs> like, are you like, are you doing it? No. So, <laughs> yeah,
0: and 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 like, I I went to a open mic last night, north of me in Petaluma. I had never been to it before. It's called Jameson's Roaring Donkey. And I went there and I was expecting whatever rinky dink in a bar, but it actually was a proper comedy room and they had like a stage and a mic and like really tight seating all in this room with like good acoustics. And it was like doing comedy in a real comedy club, which I don't get to do very often because it's just hard to get stage time. Mm -hmm. And I I was introducing myself to the, to the North Bay comics beforehand and like meeting them and how long you've been doing comedy two months oh wow so you're new that's great like i'm so glad you're here like trying stuff out they're all being super nice to me i'm like the second comic that goes up and i get up there and the host doesn't do very well um the first guy doesn't do very well and then i go up there and i actually did pretty well and i got s- laughs at the end which is like really critical because you kind of leave them with something and they're like wow it's like the recency yeah. bias thing of like yeah the whole thing seems funnier if the last joke is funny And, and I got that last laugh and I got off the stage and like, no one was talking to me anymore. Like, like everyone was kind of like, like felt like I had sandbagged him a little bit. Felt like I had like sharked him, you know? Yeah. Where I was the the out-of-towner. Yeah. I was the out-of-towner that didn't know what he was doing. And then I actually like had some tricks up my sleeve. And, uh, and it was like weird because there was like, comics are weird. They get jealous, you know, they like they everyone is constantly like where do i stack up against the other comics you know like am i top half or bottom half and and when you are when you're bottom half of the night oh
1: it's fuck it's the worst feeling ever you know it's interesting too because obviously i'm not in i don't have the balls to be in the comic scene yet at least i haven't not yet i haven't we're gonna get you up the, there uh, we're gonna record yeah. it i have had the courage to put myself out there but it seems like from an outsider's perspective. Like there's not a number, like there's not a limited number of seats at the table. Like you guys are already all there. I agree, and you're already all on the same playing field. Like it's probably an ego shot to someone that's three years in that they're at the same place yes. that a person two months in is. Yes, but it's not like it's not like you're gonna take like their slot at at the big dog table. No. So I no. guess it's all. It sounds like it's all just an ego thing, but I guess a lot of things are just ego things. To be fair.
0: If I get to be the kid that's two months in that's doing pretty well Soon enough i'm gonna be The guy that's a year in and there's kids that are three months in doing just as well as I am And all of a sudden i'm like well fuck You know, like what do I have to show for doing a year of comedy? Like am I that much better than this kid? He got laughs, you know, so I do I do get where they're coming from because even if They're not getting in my way They're a reality check. They're a reference point and they're like well if there's that then yeah. what chance do like I'm not doing that, that I might yet. that
1: I might not be a phenom exactly
0: you know? exactly yeah. I think it's a it's like a like they have to yeah it just makes you question and that's the hard part too is no one's forcing you to go out and do these open mics you know you're doing it because you want it badly and you're willing to like outlast people and put in the work and grind it out but like no one's paying you no one cares if you do it or don't do it if you bomb no one talks to you if you do well. People it's beat no if one, you do too well. People are upset. No yeah, one, exactly. No one talks to you. Either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's fucking miserable. But the the feeling of getting laughs on stage is like it's it's nothing beats it. So that's what it's that's, awesome, man. It's it, it absolutely is. awesome. I want I want to go to a one with you. Whether whether or not you get up, I want you to see what I can do. I want you to see me rip, dude. i will be
1: maybe we do a little manager man G situation. Yeah, dude. I I could be uh. What's the, uh, Andrew Santino and, and Dave? Oh, oh, oh,
0: um, I know what you're talking about. I forget his name. Yeah.
1: That's dynamic, yeah. But you wouldn't do rapping. You'd do comedy.
0: Right. I would do comedy. Yeah. Which you could argue a little Dickie is doing a little bit of both, but I, yeah, that would be fucking great. Get me booked.
1: Yeah. We'll workshop that. You just that. gotta utilize Is that what I should try and do? Yeah.
0: Yeah. You should do that. You'd be fucking good at that.
1: We gotta get a highlight tape. Yeah. You gotta take all those religious jokes off.
0: (laughs) You gotta gotta get turn it down on the anti-Semitism, man. (laughs) That doesn't work other places.
1: So my connections aren't gonna fly with that, you know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so that's so comedy has been really fun. It's it's been it's really like makes you more creative. I think. Mm -hmm. Without having done stand up I wouldn't be willing to, you know, continue to put effort into this podcast and continue to write things down to come up with the idea of that I don't know what we're gonna call I don't know what
1: if it's an multimedia album, essay, Multimedia <laughs> essay. yeah,
0: whatever. That thing.
1: I think uh, I think it's absolutely incredible you're you're going for it and you're not like you're not slowing down. Like it's easy like three to like three to four months sounds like in the scheme of things, a short amount of time. But I know when you're in the weeds of it, like, that's a lot of, that's a lot of commitment and a lot of, like, imagine eating healthy for three months. I've never. Never done it. I've I've never been able to put myself through that. Never done it. Never,
0: never worked out for three months at a time. But yeah, but I've been able to hold this. And it's the only thing I have been able to hold. Like, I had that conversation with myself because it was a late mic last night and it's 30 30 minutes away. It's like, no, it's no walk in the park. But I was like, if I don't go then, like, I don't really have an opportunity to get up on Thursdays, and then Fridays, who knows what happens, so i got to get up more than twice this week. Yeah, it's just, it's something I can convince myself to do easier than other things that require discipline.
1: Did you make the Petaluma joke? (laughs) Dude,
0: that's a good idea. If I ever do that mic again, I'm doing that fucking joke.
1: Was that, did you say it, or did the Flamenco artist say it? I said it.
0: It's my dad's joke. Well, actually, it's. My dad's friends joke, but it's a great joke. That's that's hawking though. You can't be can't be caught doing that. No, I know. But They're not comics. They'll never know. <laughs>
1: They're not in the yeah. cuts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then um, we've
0: got we've also got um, potential ideas of a trip to plan at wait, some point.
1: What I wanted to oh yeah continue. I want to talk. I had one more one more uh, tangent from the comedy thing. So you said. You don't know what you want to get out of the comedy, yeah. Because you think either you you just don't know or you just don't want to think about it. Do you yeah. have any do you do you want to do you want to try and answer it and push yourself or can I put in two suggestions that I think are sick ways the comedy is going to evolve?
0: Okay. Yes, I want I want to hear what you think and then I will be honest and answer the question.
1: Okay. I think the first dope thing about it is whether or not whether or not like the like the stand up itself is what you continue with the like being comfortable a putting yourself out there in like a creative way and b surrounding yourself with other people that are also creative and also are into the same things like that's just how like opportunities arise you know like that's that's how you hear about like the random shit of like oh like like what like seth mcfarlane how would you start writing family guy he's like well i was doing stand up and this guy thought the same thing it was funny that i thought it was funny we started writing together and we wrote a tv show you know yes i don't know if that's actually how it happened it probably isn't but uh, you kind of get what i'm saying where it's like yeah 100 opp- percent opportunities like naturally like emerge from those types of situations where it's something that on. you're super passionate about and you just put yourself like in the situation and in like the places where opportunities can arise Dude. and you can just like Whatever, keep your head up and just like follow blindly the things that yeah. Are interesting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That and thank you for being so generous with your compliments. But yeah, that's absolutely where I'm where I'm trying to be is is just around, so I can catch anything that fucking comes my way. You just have to hang. You know, you have to be in the scene if you want to fucking be a part of the scene. So that's where I'm starting is doing stand up, and who knows where it blossoms into. And and dude, and I'll tell you this much makes me more comfortable talking into this microphone even. It makes me more thoughtful about what I want to say and, like, different ideas that we can approach, you know. It's been really – it's been great in that way. Do you have another thing or do you want – should I answer the question?
1: My other thing is pretty stupid, so we can let you go. Okay. So the question is,
0: where do I want – what do I want the end goal to be? Where do I see this going in a perfect world, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The truth – now, I know there's people listening to this. But the truth is, I would like to be a paid employee of the Punchline in San Francisco within three years. And from there, I would like to start doing the road with headliners. And then eventually become a headliner. <laughs> and then... Because the dream, dude you know what inspires me is watching people's tour videos and they're like on the bus and they're going around the country they're traveling and they're getting the local cuisine and they're yeah they're like in the green rooms and they're meeting people along the way so people stop by to do shows with them and like that's the dream that's the dream you know and the and and to be a good stand-up at the end of the day is what i really want i want to be funny some of the listeners might not know what the punchline is the Punchline is a is the premier comedy club in San Francisco. Also, Cobb's Comedy Club is a big one, but yeah, those are the two main ones. And the Punchline is the favorite room of my favorite comedian, Dave Chappelle, and so it holds like a really prestigious place, not only in the comedy community but just in the history of San Francisco and the history of stand up and in my in my own thoughts. So to be Paid by that place to do comedy on their stage would be like the most spectacular thing ever. That's the dream. That's how the to be a dream.
1: How do they pay people? Is it like a like weekly appearance fee? So you get the, salaried the whole, into that. Real quick.
0: Cool? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good question. I think eventually you get into some sort of actors' entertainment, whatever. Um, That'll so be the, for the manager so what yeah exactly so what I've learned about the process of getting in there is that basically you go every Sunday and you hang out for like a year and then they put you on and then you do well you get you get on again like a couple weeks later you do well you get on again you get up like five or six times and you do well pretty well each time you get an audition and then you get the audition and then there's one more woman that has to see you and you host which means like you go up first, you do the most time, and then you bring up every comedian after that, and so you have to do fifteen minutes at that, and then if you and if you do well at that, then boom, you get paid and you're guaranteed you're guaranteed one spot. Um, every month, but if you do well, like, you could be getting up every night, um, and they recommend, and then you can officially be recommended to open for other, you know, headliners that come into the Bay Area and also that are leaving the Bay Area and you know traveling, so. Well. So yeah, so the what was the original question?
1: Oh yeah, what yeah. The punch, so you like, get what the punchline
0: gig would be? Yeah, you get paid per set that you do, and I don't. Certain uh, certain places do um, a flat rate, and in certain places do a percentage of the door. I think probably now they're doing a percentage of the door, uh, which means like every ticket that gets sold, uh, yeah. you get a portion of them for the night, because um, that was like a like a labor union thing. That they fought over in the '80s, '70s, '80s. So, hmm. yeah. So, yeah. You get paid, you know, not a lot of money, but to do comedy, not for like a couple hundred it's bucks in a money. night. Yeah, it's not for the money. And then eventually, like, if you could make a thousand bucks a week doing stand-up bro. Like, what's better than that? Yeah, you're Untaxed. only making yeah. you're only making fifty five thousand <laughs> a year, but I'd rather be. You know,
1: that's a sick job. Yeah, you're telling jokes for. Three hours a week,
0: yeah, and you are also <laughs> hanging out with fucking the headliners that come into town that week. Like it's a win, 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 except for the fact that you know you spend every night out. This is the thought that this is the part I don't like to confront, but you know, just a yeah. lot of work between now and then. So I am not gonna worry about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, set the goals big. I've been is reading it? some motivational books that are talking about uh, talking about like setting goals that are that are just unattainably massive. Whoa. And then, then you at least have something you can try, like shoot for the stars, you land on the moon type of situation. Right. So I'm into that.
0: So what have you been? So have you been shooting for the stars at all? To be honest,
1: it's mostly golf related, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you, okay, but so in the, that, in
1: that sense, yes. Okay. You're training like you want to become pro. I assume uh, not that much, but i um, it's just yeah. The whole book's just about like getting your mind right for they kind of it talks about golf in the beginning, but that just kind of talks about like anything you're trying to like improve at and consistently like like uh, like put effort towards in like a productive manner. It's kind of what they talk about. Right. Like like it's easy to work your fucking day job and do the same thing every day. Right. And slowly get better at it. But like, if you wanna, if you wanna be like diligent about improving, there's ways that you can spend your time better, and it's kind of just like, you need to set that ridiculous goal so that you're motivated to spend your time in an efficient way. Uh, I yeah. Otherwise, if it's sense. like super reasonable, like I want to get promoted this year, it's like, all right, work 50 hours a week, see what right. happens. Right, right. But if right, the goal right. is like, damn, like I'm trying to, I'm trying to be CEO. At yeah, I'll probably point. see yeah. them next month. Yeah. I guess I work next quick. Month.
0: <laughs> What can I be doing at every hour? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn. So, then, so what is, do you, I mean, this is also a broad question and putting you on the spot, which I know you don't like because all of a sudden your, your words slow down. Your words per minute go <laughs> dangerously low. <laughs> <laughs> but what, so is golf is that is that your area like you want to be fucking great at golf and that would bring you fulfillment or is it is there something beyond that that you would want at some point is it are you comfortable revealing that on the air you know i understand that's a personal thing
1: i think uh i think like the like the inspiring like the inspiring story in my head recently has just been like making something like my own and like working on it like it's, it sounds selfish when I start with saying it's my own but really just no. f- like finding something that I'm passionate about that I have like direct influence over whether it be like a, like putting more effort into the podcast which we say on every single episode that we never do or whether it be this one like feels trying different about this one huh this one <laughs> this feels it feels different
0: this one feels different
1: <laughs> <laughs> or whether it be um like I don't know trying to make like Like the smallest of small businesses, like something that's just a way to be like creative and a way to be like open to failure and a way to be just like stepping way outside the comfort zone. Yes, I have an idea for you. And it hasn't been and golf has been a way that I can just like have something that I can see myself like getting better at because I'm applying to it and because like, I'm telling myself, like, all right, this is something, like, right now in your life, it's very easy to care about this. Right. Like, I can play with my dad, I can play with my friends, whatever. It's something that's, like, so small, but it's it feels good to have that, like, that going totally. on in the background when I'm just, you know, working all day anyways.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Something to obsess about that's, like, somewhat productive and healthy.
1: Yeah. Know? And I think it's going to tra- – like, the goal is for it to translate really well to – the next thing that i'm really passionate about which ho- something hopefully more lucrative <laughs> yeah yeah no it, it's and, but it's, it's like good. the same the same kind of mindset crosses over to just applying yourself and being just like being committed to pursuing it
0: yeah and i don't think i think even if that that great idea came across your plate right now you wouldn't really know how to tackle it so you kind of have to like train your mind and your work ethic and the way you approach something that is independently yours the way you approach that is it's like a skill that you have to learn like that discipline Mm -hmm. you have to learn it's crazy how like malleable you are as a person if you just do repetition yeah Like, like I really believe that and you know if you just go to the golf course because you want to get better and so you put in the work, it's like it's like working that muscle of you know committing and i don't know
1: just discipline in general, but yeah, i think uh I think it's an exciting time though like being twenty two it's a pretty pretty freeing age, I think where we can do shit like stand up, yeah, or shit like starting. You know whatever small and reckless business idea you have, yeah. I mean, if, it, if it flops, it flops. It's like, all right, I don't have, I don't have yeah, kids that okay. are going to be bummed that. <laughs> no, it's you so know, I true. I took this ridiculous risk, like
0: it's so true. Yeah. Right now, responsibilities are minimal. Uh, I mean, I'm not, me. You or neither of us have left our parents' house yet. <laughs> Great gig. So, yeah, exactly. Like the. It would be a shame for us not to go for something.
1: I agree. So, I, yeah. yeah, and you're you're a step ahead of me right now. Not to make there's not a leaderboard. Not a leaderboard. <laughs> not a leaderboard, right. but uh I'm very impressed by your initiative and by your commitment. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Yeah. I'm Yeah, I mean I've found something there's a couple parts of it But like One I never thought I never knew For a while If stand-up was actually What I wanted to do Or something I wanted to try Because For whatever reason You rationalize In your brain Like why It's actually not Something you would be good at Or something you would want to try Or something that you would Want to do for a living You you find all these ways To tell yourself Not to do something mm-hmm. But But I, in my mind In my heart I wanted it to be something That I liked And something that I was good at And I kind of feel like It has been it, it it took, you know, like it, like I, I can do it. I know I can, and I've come to love it. And I also see a lot of people our age who don't have something outside of work that they love, and it, and for, and you know, and then you just end up like boozing, you know. Yeah. And like that's what college was for me, and like that's why I was ready to leave college, is because, like, I want to live a life, and this feels like. I'm starting to live a life and I'm starting to meet real people outside of that narrow, you know, groove of life that I was living in. I don't know. That's yeah. So that's, that's why I stay committed to it is because I don't, I don't want that to go away. I want that to be like my special thing that I get to have wherever it takes me, you know?
1: Yeah. I still kind of battle back and forth about, uh, like, I think, <clears throat> I think we both are obviously on the same page, you know, we could have the 10,000 hours talk again, but yeah. where, are uh, like, I think we both are really, like, really passionate about pursuing something that we want to do for 10,000 hours if we're going to pick anything. Yeah. Like, it's kind of scary to think about wasting that time, not wasting that time, but spending that time doing something that might not be what you love most in the world. Right. But it seems like, it seems like, and I kind of, I've said something very similar to what you were just talking about, where... Like, you see the people that kind of are just super content with their, like, the schedule and everything being, you know, super, like, by the book and everything being super stable and not having mm-hmm. any, like, looming risks and being comfortable mm-hmm. the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, is it, is it, is it rude? Like, is, are we, like, looking down on people that prefer that level of comfort? Like, is it, does everyone have this, like, the same drive to do something that's, like, super uncomfortable or, is that everyone's different and it's just uh, like it's just some people would rather step out of their comfort zone or is it some people are just like don't have the courage to step out yet? That's mm-hmm. – you kind of get like the – Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I, it's
0: super – it's a really, really good point actually and it, it makes me realize that I don't get to – I don't get to pursue this if, you know, my mom – doesn't have a really strong, stable career in HR in San Francisco, you know, and she doesn't set me up in, you know, like she, she made the safest decision every time for career wise, because she always wanted to be able to pay rent and she always wanted to be able to like go out to dinner. And like, that was what was important to her. She works so that she can live, you know? Yeah. Um, the, so I'm not, I'm, I, really don't want to sound I realize what I what I said previously does make it sound like I'm shitting on people who don't have this like outside weird like you know unique passion like it's not a reflection of of how well you're doing in life or or you know how much you're taking advantage of this this life that we're living it's really not supposed to be like that I'm just happy that I have that and that I am able to have that it's definitely a privilege it's definitely a luxury. So,
1: yeah, I don't want to sound check your privilege. Yeah, no, it was a good check. Thank you. Yeah, it's <laughs> I'm, so true. I'm joking, but I've thought about this a lot. Where it's like, it's yeah, it's weird. It's weird that, like, it almost it almost makes like almost like speaking about it. It almost makes me feel like I'm like I don't know if narcissistic's the word, but it's like you know you're kind of like putting yourself in like, damn, like I'm really trying to go do something, and like not everyone's trying to go do something, like you know, right. It's right, like right, right. It's like weird. It's weird to have the conversation with someone that, that might not like totally. share the same, the, yeah. the same idea or the same like energy about that. Yeah, but
0: uh, but to a degree, you know, you're not narcissistic because you're like, no, I want something more. You know what I mean? Like you're not selfish for for wanting, you know, something extraordinary and and you know, unique in your life. Right, isn't that yeah. isn't that pretty much what you're saying? I don't yeah. think so at all. I don't think and that's definitely th-
1: narcissism either. So
0: I agree there. I th- I I do understand though. It's like it's like one of my biggest fears of doing of trying stand up was telling people and then being like, "Oh, you think you're so funny? Like you think you're so fucking hilarious you think
1: you're funny enough to to get out? Yeah, with you, th- oh, you think you're funnier than this person?
0: You, you think, think you're funnier you're than, than me? This person? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's like that kind of thing. That was, but that's the, that's kind of the same avenue of thought of like, well, well, what makes you think that you're going to be that, that person that has some special skill or live some special extraordinary life, you know? Yeah. I, I But that's self-talk. Like that doesn't exist. Everyone's living their own narcissistic world. Yeah. So no one gives a shit. No one know? gives a
1: shit, dude. At the end of the day, no one gives a shit about you. Not about I, you. No, but. no, it's true. Everyone's so wrapped up in themselves. It's like, don't be worried about what other people think
0: you're so right you're so right i'm reading a book called the uh the four Agreements. you've heard of this the four agreements and it, it's like a total it's like a culty book it's okay. it's you know people love it they swear by it you know it's this it's a it's written by this guy that studied as like a shaman with this old i i think it's i forget the the toltec people okay. or the, and it, yeah okay so he's he's got like all this ancient knowledge and ancient wisdom from from you know generations and generations before us you know and he's like the living breathing version of it and he basically has these he, th- he says that everything that we think and everything that we see and everything that we perceive is all it's all an agreement that we're making we're all agreeing that things are true or not true right and so okay. when someone says like you're stupid if you believe that that's an agreement that you're going to have with yourself that you're that you are stupid or you were stupid in that moment and so like and there's and that's like a really finite example but there's four main agreements that he says if you can follow them then you can make your life and your existence in uh, heaven on earth versus the hell that we all live in because of (laughs) self-doubt and self-criticism and and fear and the way Other people treat us, and the media, and what we worry about. Like he said, there's like all this like smoke in the air, but no one actually gets to see. Okay, like unless they hold these four agreements. Okay. And the first portion. This is the
1: shaman, or this is the author.
0: This is the shaman. The shaman is the author. Okay. So he wrote this book in the late '90s. So it's been around for a while. But um, he, yeah, he he talks a lot about how we. We have these, we have, like, really intense inner dialogue that uh, it it causes us to, A, punish ourselves multiple times for a single mistake, which no other animal does, you know, like, like, you drop, you drop something on the floor and you make a mess, you know, like, you pay for it in the moment because you're embarrassed, and then later that memory comes back and you punish yourself again because you have that feeling of, like, oh you know? Yeah. And the... He basically says that you can really release yourself if you stop. If you if you have. If you are true to yourself and you're confident in yourself as a good person. So like like if you're afraid of people thinking that you think that you're you're special for some reason. Yeah. Then like if you know that that is not your intent and that is not who you are. Then you've relieved yourself of fear and anxiety that could hold you down and hold you back. So it's like it's like that kind of thing. It's really out there. It's pretty much like I don't drink all the Kool Aid. I'm just <laughs> reading it out of research, and it's a short book, but it's
1: interesting. You know, so I enjoy reading. I enjoy reading all sorts of books. Honestly, I don't read that much. I'm not going to sit sit on this podcast, pretend like I read a lot. But <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you guys. I've, I'm going to keep it real right now. Um, <laughs> I've read uh I've read a variety of books though, you know, novels, some of them more shamanesque like that one. Yeah. And every time I read a book like that and then I like kind of what you're just doing, like I kind of know it's like you're like slowing down and trying to explain it. Yeah. And I always feel like I'm trying to explain it like I'm not losing my mind to somebody. Yeah. Like it's always it's always like Yes. My, like my Very my first I'm impression sweating is like, right now. <laughs> like I'm going to I'm going to explain to Conor he's going to think I'm like on the verge of a, like, of a full-blown crisis. Right. <laughs> <'Cause> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, like, rarely are you in, like, the best headspace in your life when you're reading about, like, you know, the, the eternal flaws of man. Four agreements. It's so true. It's so true. Yeah,
0: I know. You're like, just so you know, I'm okay. But yeah, but, like, heads this- up.
1: Like, I'm actually in a, in a really good spot right now, you know. I'm actually really but happy. But I'm reading
0: this book. But I'm reading <laughs> – I just, I finished a, I finished another book recently. I've been reading a lot, actually. It's been somewhat soothing. When I'm anxious, I find that reading helps better than anything. Really? Um, yeah, totally. It's like, it's like you're strapped in and you're safe while you're reading. And then, you know, but the, the book that I finished was Judd Apatow's book. It's called sick in the head. It's just a series of conversations with comedians and people, comedy adjacent. And, uh, and I, I don't know how this relates. I just wanted to flex that I would read another book recently. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, it was good. I read, I
1: read something on Twitter about that, about uh, like the same thing. This kid said he was like super anxious and like weird as a kid or I mean, yeah. he was an adult now, but he was saying he was super anxious and uh, was like kind of a introvert as a kid. And yeah. he would just spend all of his time reading books to like be with the books and it was one of those like Twitter threads where someone threw away all of his books and he was just absolutely devastated and <laughs> no one understood him. I was like, damn. Twitter. I, can't, I don't have any sympathy with that, but I have some empathy or vice versa, possibly.
0: Do you, you're still on Twitter, actually. Oh, yeah. Big Twitter guy. Fre- frequently? Yeah, every day. Does it have the Kirk seal of approval? Is it like something worth, do you think it's a net
1: positive or net negative? For the world or for my life? Uh, both um for the world i think it's the best i'm not like i'm not i'm not og enough to be like on reddit and be in whatever like the true like cutty corners of the internet right so like twitter is like as close as i get to original humor uh, like, i think I, see. I think instagram and like facebook and i guess maybe youtube is an exception but uh, it all pulls from there's there's a lot of just like Humor getting pulled from one place and humor that, like, that works on Twitter that just doesn't translate to other social medias. Like, there's some funny shit on Twitter. Yeah. And and I kind of like that people don't post, or I maybe I just don't follow people that post, like, like, it seems like no one's posting, like, pointless shit. Like, no one's just posting photos of where they're eating or where they're vacationing. Right. Like okay, all, I see. All my content is very based around like sports that I want to like hear people's funny commentary on. Right. Like, I, I don't even follow like sports teams cause I don't actually care about the sports. I just want like funny takes on things that are happening. Right. And right, there's right, a lot right. of just a lot of really quality accounts that I think, uh, that I think are like very, very like raw humor. Like you can tell right. it's a, it's not a comedian making a joke. It's right. like, Connor thought this would be a funny response to this tweet. Right. Right. And that's right. Where it's, a- it's so funny.
0: And yeah, and it's like a, it's like a volume thing too. Like everyone's going for it all the time, so occasionally there's fucking gems. They in there, slap. I yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I heard there's a lot of big. There's a lot of complaints, or at least back a couple of years ago, there was complaints that um, late night shows were stealing material from Black Twitter. <laughs> Are you on Black Twitter or no? What's Black Twitter? Black Twitter is like, it, 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 I think I don't I don't know how Twitter works, but it's an arena of Twitter. We're like that are like black people contributing humor. So it's like it's like the it's like the the black people corner of Twitter so far as far as I understand. But there's like fucking <laughs> awesome jokes in there. And it's literally like they get ripped off all the time and yeah. thrown on late night for for like Stephen Colbert's monologue or whatever. So I and there think was like, uh,
1: I think you might. have. I don't know. Maybe you just explained it strangely, but I think black Twitter is just Twitter posts and Twitter responses by black people. There's not like a, there's not like oh, a section you can click on. Yeah.
0: I thought it was like a, like a Reddit subthread thing. Like, <laughs> no, I think it's just black contributors only. <laughs> no, I <don't> think so.
1: <laughs> if there is, I haven't found that feature
0: yet. <laughs> it's a filter. <laughs> yeah.
1: like, it Show me right. only responses from black yeah. people. <laughs> How do they verify that? Um, no but it's even like that's cool because it's like i don't know it's like it's a bunch of different like ages and like it's a bunch of different you know there's like college kids that make jokes that college kids think are funny and then there's like high school kids that can make jokes that everyone thinks is funny i don't know that's those are two kind of dumb analogies okay okay
0: i don't know so it's just it's more the black voice in twitter it's not yeah. uh, it's not an actual subsection.
1: Yeah, but I, so I would the, say there's like there's like definitely like, uh like like there's like Hispanic voice of Twitter also, and there's like Asian voice of Twitter, and there's white right. voice of Twitter, and there's like it seems like every, like every every different like minority or every different like race group like has right. like they have their own like moments of virality that are hilarious because right it just like it would be funny if if I said the joke that you know. The Mexican guy said that went viral, but it just kind of, like, clicks, right. you know? You can tell, like, right, how right, genuine right. the jokes are. Kind of what I was going back to earlier, where you can tell it's not a comedian making the joke. Right, You can tell it's just a guy making, like, a genuine response that he genuinely thought was funny or appropriate. <laughs> and it makes right. it a million times more funny.
0: Yes. Because, like, yeah. these accounts
1: will have, like, a 100 followers. It's, like, literally just like if you're following your friend. And they right. just like clap back to something that's so right. goddamn. It's just
0: funny. like seeing something funny in public, kind of.
1: Yeah, exactly. Or like where someone like, like chirping no one, on the was bus not, or like the train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's true. I see, I get that.
1: I'll try and find some that. examples for next week. Cause like there's a couple every day where, especially once you get like lost in the like the responses to tweets. Oh you yeah. You can like scroll through. You just the go thread. deeper and deeper and deeper. Oh
0: my gosh. How deep do you like will you get to the point where you, you see something, you see someone's reply, and someone's reply to that reply, and then you go to their profile, and then there's something else interesting, so you go into that reply, and then you
1: see someone else.
0: Is it that so, far,
1: or is it just... So I pretty much limit myself to, like, tweet, or viral tweet, I'll click on that, and then underneath it, it's... <laughs> so much discipline. <laughs> you like to limit yourself to this. <laughs> you can get lost quickly, man. Next thing you know, you're four hours deep in Twitter. Oh, you have no idea. Um, YouTube is, like, worse for me. It's a little easier to limit yourself than YouTube because it's not just like spitting content at you. Like, I don't have like explore. I don't look at like the explore page or explore page equivalent on Twitter. Um, but like if I find someone that said something super funny, sometimes like I'll go through their likes and like see shit that they thought was funny. And mm-hmm. I'll be like, damn, me and this guy have like a very similar, or me and this person right. have a very similar sense Right. Humor. So there's camaraderie. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. And yeah, then you I can think- like, you can kind of like pick. Which like you can start following like these random accounts that are just just because right. they have like funny retweets,
0: right? The Twitter, Twitter news is real too. People get like primary information. Absolutely, from the that's site. like
1: that's how I found out Norm McDonald passed away. I was just oh. hey, I saw one tweet and then another tweet and I went to Instagram like ten minutes later and people started posting Instagrams about it. Dude, speaking of, yeah.
0: First of all, that was so sad. R. I. P. Norm Macdonald. He's yeah. so funny. I think he's hilarious. It was a sad. There was a, there's been a lot of tragedies in comedy lately. But uh, like, did you hear about the the girl that overdosed on fentanyl in L.A.? There's like a group. I think of, it was
1: a girl and a guy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There was a was group three of. of there's a group of yeah mid level comics in L.A. that all had a bag of coke that had fentanyl in it, which by the way apparently is a growing problem in California, and the, and that uh, I've heard that cartels are cutting other cartels bags with fentanyl. To, like, make it a bad batch to, like, ruin their reputation. Anyways, that's all hearsay. Fat and strips uh, on
1: Amazon. Be safe.
0: Yeah. Facts. Uh, well, or yeah, don't do McDonald, blow up. Way easier. <laughs> Way yeah, easier to do But, you know. Facts. <laughs> uh, Norm McDonald Norm was so funny. And the night, the, the day that he passed away, I told you this, but my dad was like, did you hear? Did you hear? And I was like, what? What? And I got back from work. What? And he was like, Norm McDonald died. And I was like, oh, dude, like, <laughs> <Jesus>. okay. <laughs> yeah, I went online and I was like, holy shit, there's no way. And and he's been, you know, he's had this fight with cancer and it was tragic. And I've just been a big Norm Macdonald fan, big, big fan for years now while he was alive. And so it's the first celebrity that's really passed away that I cared a lot about in the moment. And yeah. uh, so I went up and I went out. I was like, I didn't want to do comedy that night, but I went out and I was determined because... I was like, "Wow, this is going to be a special scene to so, like do comedy on the night of like Norm's passing." I'm sure everyone's going to have material on it, but I got there and I wasn't. There's this. It's like a pretty seedy mic in the Tenderloin, and, and what does seedy like, mean? Sorry, seedy as in like s e e d y, like as kind of like grunge. Okay, little uh, yeah. The Tenderloin is like the slums of San Francisco, so yeah, it's it's a gay bar in. The So it's quite the scene. Um, and I got up there and then like no one was making everyone was just doing their fucking shitty material. And no one seemed to care. And I was super emo because Norm had died and I had found out hours earlier. So I got up there and I did th- three and a half minutes on just like, <laughs> like like Norm always said that he was afraid of death. I just hope that he wasn't afraid when he passed. Like the most emo <laughs> shit on stage. And I was like, and everyone was like, what the fuck <laughs> is this kid doing? <laughs> and I was like, like, halfway halfway through, I was like, oh, I don't care this much. This is way too uncomfortable. <laughs> just moved on to my shit material. You were like, like anyway, so laugh. yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. a rabbi. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, literally. And then I went to like my opening joke and it just bombed and I was like, all right. And then I just like wrote it out because I thought it would be more embarrassing to like snap into it and be like, well, that was bad.
1: <laughs> you like, that whole thing's a bit. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. It's a whole thing. It's a character idea. It was being sad about Norm Macdonald.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So RIP. RIP. That's really sad. It is. It's always incredible to see the public's response. I mean, with awesome things like Instagram and Twitter and everything, it's cool to see the publics, like the public, like coming together when, like, an icon passes away, and yeah. everyone like really is thankful and appreciative for the work and the entertainment that right. this celebrity has provided us. Like, we you see it every time, like the musician passes away or a comedian. Um, it's cool yeah, to see it's people so true. again reflecting and just kind of like understanding how, like, really, like, how lucky it is that, like, Norm. Was a comic, and the norm was like willing to share these like fucking hilarious and often like unpopular jokes with us, right? That, right. Like, like. He, yeah, I it's know. so cool. It was. Yeah, my favorite thing about him was that he just wasn't like he. It seemed like he was never in it at all to please the crowd. Never. And never. It's like it's so. Again, it can sound selfish when you word it that way. Like he, like he was writing the jokes that he thought was funny. But I see yeah. it more as like being true to yourself and being like, like I know, I know it's not popular to talk about this, but I know yeah. for a fact this joke's hilarious to my like I think this joke's hilarious and yeah I think this is y- like this is what I want to do. He was like, uh, I don't know if it was on talk show or not, but he was like, I'm a deeply, deeply closeted gay man, and they're like, Norma thought you were straight. He goes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: Thanks, guys. See ya.